Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Wake Up Call. This is episode 108, and today's episode is all about trying to get you to do less, but do it better. Now, when I mean less, I'm talking about the exercises that you perform with your training routine. And this is something I've, I've noticed a real trend, and I think it, it really is amplified through social media with you know these videos and reels and clips and TikToks and all this other bullshit that kind of gets put in our faces every single day. And it's really about people trying to cram and combine and merge all of these different exercises together into this supercharged, well, it's not really supercharged anything. It's really a clusterfuck. It's a Frankenstein exercise. And basically what ends up happening is that you take a lot of different movements, you try to put them all together and yeah, turn it into this next level exercise. And unfortunately, strength training doesn't work that way. All right. And... I'll give you an example. I saw a good one this morning. It popped up in my feed. And there was this guy. Looks like a you know fit enough guy. I had a bit of a scroll through his, uh, his little profile on the, on the Instagrams. And he seems to be well educated. But anyway, he, he did uh, this combination. He had a 16 kilo kettlebell. And what he was doing was a swing to reverse lunge. So... Let's break it down into, into its individual constituent parts. Kettlebell swing is a ballistic exercise. It is for power development. It is an explosive, powerful hip hinge. Okay? If you don't know what a kettlebell swing is or what it looks like, go to my YouTube channel. Just type in Fuller Strength and Conditioning and have a look. You'll see I've got a few demos of different kettlebell exercises, one of which is the kettlebell swing. But this guy is combining a kettlebell swing with a reverse lunge. So stepping backwards um, into a lunge, all right? Now, I want you to actually try and paint the picture of what's happening here, okay? Goes from a kettlebell swing to a reverse lunge. First things first, before I go into why that doesn't work and why it's not very effective, I want to go through something else. The kettlebell swing itself is a challenging exercise for a lot of people to master, okay? So this guy, as well-intentioned as he may be, saying, hey, here's a leg burner of an exercise, check this out. You've got to nail your swings first, okay? Most people end up you know, with a really sore or cranky lower back after they swing, and it's because they do it incorrectly. So the swing itself needs to be nailed before you can start adding anything else to the mix. So, all right. We've got our kettlebell swing. It's a challenging exercise, yeah? Great exercise on its own. Sweet. And then for a lot of people, doing a reverse lunge, stepping backwards, they find a lot more challenging than a forward lunge. And typically this happens because of the proprioception demands that are placed on the body. What I mean by that is you can't see where you're going. Stepping backwards, it's like there's a... 
it's like someone's pulled a curtain over your eyes. Your body has a, a map, an internal map. It knows where it is in space. So if you're standing up, you can see everything in front of you. Forwards, a little bit to the left, a little bit up, a little bit down, a little bit to your side, your peripherals. You can see all of that stuff. It's all in your vision. You can't see what's behind you. So unless you've done a ton of reverse lunges, or you know maybe you play sports and you're constantly pivoting or changing directions, moving forwards, backwards, and all of that sort of stuff, your map, your understanding of where your body is in space is going to be blurry. You're not gonna have a very good understanding of, you know, how far back do I step? You know, what if my toe turns in or what if it turns out? And, you know, a lot of people have difficulty staying on what I like to call train tracks. So that means the left leg stays in line with the rest of the body parts on your left. And the right leg stays in line with the rest of the body parts on the right. So you don't cross the midline. Your body, you're not crossing your right leg behind the left or anything like that. So those two things on their own, tough exercise, kettlebell swing and a reverse lunge, okay? The second issue that I took with this, and I take with this, not just picking on this gentleman, I'm kind of trying to pick apart this mis mish mismatch, start again, mis mishmash of exercises where you combine these exercises. The problem I have is that the weight has to be incredibly light. This guy can clearly swing a kettlebell. He's done it before. He's using 16 kilos for a two-arm swing. If you don't know what that looks or feels like, for an average strength gentleman, it's pretty light. Like, it's really light. Um, so it was clearly too light. You could just see the way he was swinging. It didn't really have to put too much effort um, into his swings. So I suppose that's one reason why he wants to make it harder or more challenging, apart from obviously grabbing attention and likes and you know combining these two exercises for the ultimate leg burner. So anyway, <laughs> the problem that I have with something like that is it doesn't actually allow you to do either exercise well. You end up doing both of those exercises quite poorly because you're trying to make it harder. You're trying to step things up and go to the next level by combining two great exercises on their own to make them even better. It doesn't really work like that. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, if you're not familiar with the, the hard style kettlebell swing, I'm gonna break this down for you. So you have a kettlebell on the ground. The handle runs from left to right. You stand about a foot back from it in what's called the silverback stance. So if you've ever seen a silverback gorilla, you know they're a big, powerful fucking gorilla. They are, they are not to be trifled with. Don't get in a fight with them, you'll end up dead. They will beat the shit out of you. But that in itself indicates that it is, it is a powerful pose. So you're in the silverback stance, a foot away from the bell, proud chest, straight back, and then you have your hands, both hands on the kettlebell, you hook the kettlebell and you hike it back between your legs. So if you've ever seen American football and they go, red 22, red 22, and then the guy throws the ball back between his legs, that's kind of what you do with the kettlebell. You're in that silverback stance, you hike the bell back between your legs, you drive your hips through and you stand up powerfully. Okay, It is not a slow movement. It is a powerful exercise. You explosively extend the hips, so your hips push forwards and you brace your midsection tight. So there is no back bending. You end up finishing with a straight line from your ankles 
through to your head. Okay, so the kettlebell swing, it's a quick lift designed to work the posterior chain, all the muscles on the rear, everything on the back side of your body. And this is the thing, the finish position, the top of the kettlebell swing, you should be standing up ramrod straight. No rounding of the spine, no arching of the back. Your legs are locked, your hips are fully extended, and your abs are braced. Not just a little bit, like someone's about to tickle you. Imagine someone's got a steel bat, baseball bat, and they're gonna smash you in the guts. Or someone's gonna punch you at full force in the midsection. You have to brace and tense those muscles for that impact about to hit you. Does that make sense? And old mate here thinks it's gonna be a good idea to have you step backwards into a reverse lunge when the kettlebell is at the top, when it should be floating. This does not make sense for a number of reasons. The kettlebell swing, as I said, finishes with you completely straight. Hips extended, butt tight. He wants you to swing the kettlebell to the front and then somehow go into a reverse lunge and then get back into your swing stance for the next rep before you switch legs. How the fuck is anyone meant to do that? And what I mean by that is, how is anybody meant to get both of those exercises correct? You can't fully extend your hips to finish the swing because you're trying to transition to the lunge. You can't brace optimally because you're trying to get yourself back in the stance for the lunge. So you, you're, you're getting really minimal benefits from the kettlebell swing and then you're having to move at such a pace to get into your lunge and then quickly stand back up to get back into your position for the swing again. It doesn't make any fucking sense. So first, where's the power coming from? Because it can't be coming from the glutes because you can't fully extend the hip. Your abs aren't working that bloody hard because again, you can't finish the actual movement because you're transitioning from A to B. So what ends up happening is you end up with two really great exercises individually and you end up with a really shit end product. Ingredient A on its own, fantastic. Ingredient B on its own, fantastic. Put them together, it doesn't make C twice as good. And this really does my head in because it's everywhere. It's fucking everywhere. Everywhere you look on social media is people doing these fucking complicated movements, combining this exercise with that one, and it's all marketing, it's all clickbait bullshit. So the, the reason that I wanted to share this with you is because if you can, if you see it, you can start to notice a trend. Each exercise individually is probably really good. It probably has merit for being in a program. But don't think by combining them all together that it's gonna make it even better because it's not. I am all for training being fun. I'm all for you wanting to challenge yourself and push yourself. Go for it. Beautiful. I want your training to be exciting and stimulating. But here's the deal. What you see online isn't what got people strong and lean in the first place. So if you see some fit, buff, muscular dude, I bet to God he did not get that way by doing these combination type fucking exercises. He got strong by doing the basics and doing them really well lifting progressively heavier over time and being consistent as fuck. So what you're seeing is the polished product. This guy or this gal has been training a number of years 
and they look in great shape and maybe they have a decent amount of fitness and strength that you aspire to, cool. They're showing you a highlight reel, a sizzle reel, something that is just going to get you to click on it. Hey, check out this new booty workout. Hey, check out the gun show or whatever it is. All it is is marketing. So if you see these things, let's take that example that I used at the start. If you want to go and do a lunge, by all means, go and lunge. Enjoy it. Get the most benefit out of that lunge that you possibly can. If you want to go and swing a kettlebell, 100% go for it. If you want to learn how to swing, I can help you. Not a problem. I love swings. I think they're terrific. Go for it. But for goodness sake, do them separately. They, those two exercises, even though it's an example, they do not complement each other. They are not complementary. The swing to lunge combination by adding a lunge isn't going to improve your swing. By adding a swing isn't going to improve your lunge. Do one exercise at a time. And if you want to make it harder, do it as a superset. Exercise A, bang, done, tick. Next exercise, bang, done, tick. Next. So you have to start asking yourself, what is it that you're actually trying to accomplish with your training? Ask yourself, what am I doing this for? Am I doing it just to blow off a bit of steam? If so, cool. By all means, do whatever you need. If your goal is to build strength, you must lift heavy relative to your ability. This is a non-negotiable. If you want to get strong, you can't stay lifting the light weights. You are at some point going to have to step up and lift the next dumbbell, kettlebell, or extra plate on that bar. If you want to build muscle, you need tension. You need your muscles to be put under load for a decent amount of time. If your goal is endurance, you might have to do some higher reps. You might have to work for a little bit longer duration. That's just part and parcel. That's what helps to build your endurance. You're working for longer. If your goal is fat loss, you would need to be focusing on nutrition. So you might be thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. You didn't tell me what type of training to do for that. Well, that's for a reason. There isn't any specific fat loss exercise. Nutrition is the best fat loss exercise you can do. Your nutrition is what will determine your body weight and your fat percentage. Not a unicorn, not a magic potion, or a mystical fucking exercise. Like I said, these little combinations, merging two, three, four exercises together does not make it, doesn't give it special fucking powers. It just makes it more complicated, more complex. If you want something difficult to do, go and grab a Rubik's Cube. You know, go and play somebody in a game of chess. If you want to work your brain, work your brain. But if you want to work your muscles, make sure you're working your fucking muscles. When you're training, you have to start to treat it as a mission. Train with intent. Focus on nailing the task or the exercise in front of you. So let's take, for example, squatting. If you're doing a, a set of squats, doesn't matter if it's body weight, dumbbell, kettlebell, I don't care which type of squat you are doing. Your goal at that particular point in time is to nail your set of squats that is directly in front of you. If you're doing a set of five, make this five rep set the best set it can possibly be. 
if you're doing a 10 set of squats, a 10 rep set of squats, make that the best set you can possibly do it. So if it's a squat, your feet have to be narrow or wide enough to accommodate your pelvis, the bones of your hip, okay? Uh, the bones, yeah, the, the pelvis, the bowl. Your feet need to face the direction which, which suits your hip structure. So maybe it's slightly turned out. Maybe it's a little bit more than slightly turned out. But you've got to pick the position which matches your hip structure, and you've got to try and keep it there. You need to stay tight so you can stabilize your spine while you go into your squat pattern. Your spine shouldn't change shape too much. It shouldn't go from straight to rounded, to arched and extended. It should stay relatively still as you actually go through your squat. And you're trying to squat as deep as your mobility allows. So your squat is probably gonna look different to my squat. You might squat deeper, or I might squat deeper, but you're trying to sit as deep as your mobility allows. And you're also going to lift as heavy as your technique permits. So if you're just starting out, Maybe you're gonna start with body weight. You're going to grease the groove, practice your body weight squat. Once you've got that dialed in, let's add a little bit of load. Not a lot, but let's add a little bit. Let's challenge you, okay? And so forth. You gradually increase the load as your technique improves. Hope that all makes sense. So if you're doing a squat, I don't care how long it takes you to do that set of squats. If it takes you 10 minutes to do 10 squats, I don't give a shit. I want you to do the 10 best squats that you are capable of. Don't worry about anything else. You can turn your focus to you know what you have on in the afternoon after the set, not during. When you're doing an exercise, do one at a time. Give it your 100% attention and full focus. It will allow you to improve your technique and with better techniques, comes quicker results because you are using the appropriate muscles and the joints which are designed to do the task. And here's, here's something I want you to think about as well. You don't see the strongest people in the world combining several exercises together. You just don't. Go and look at Brian Shaw. Go and look at Marius Pujanowski. Go and look at Hafthor Bjornsson. Go and look at Eddie Hall. Go and look at the strongest people in the world. See how they train. Don't worry about their physique so much because they're big and yeah, they're a bit fat. But I tell you what, they're the strongest in the world for a fucking reason. Because they do one thing at a time and they do it really bloody well. And then on the other side, if your goals are perhaps a little bit more aesthetic based, you're not going to see the most muscular people in the world doing it either. Your goal might not to be a bodybuilder. Mine's not, but I take inspiration and I look at what these people do because they are skilled at what they do. Go and look at Ronnie Coleman. Go and look at Jay Cutler. Go and look at Dexter Jackson. Go and look at you know somebody who is very, very lean and see how they train. They are focused on the task at hand. They want to contract the muscle the desired muscle as hard as possible. They are trying to develop a very good neuromuscular connection. This is your mind to muscle connection. So if they're doing a bicep curl, they're not just lifting the weight up. They're doing it with intent, with focus, and with the goal 
of pumping as much blood into that area as possible. They are trying to flex the arm hard. Arnold used to envisage that his his arm was the peak of a mountain. Not like a little mountain, but a fucking huge mountain. And if you've ever seen Arnold back in his heyday bodybuilding, Jesus. Jesus. And Adonis. And your goal might not be to be Arnold. Mine's not. Yours may be. I don't know. But whatever your goal is, you need to ask yourself, why would I do it any different to perhaps the best in the world? Whether it's the strongest or the most muscular or the fittest, why would I do something different to them? You wouldn't. You want to actually use the training principles that help the best become the best. So then you can become your best. You want to abide by the proven training principles, not what is just flooding the market or your social media feed. And I tell you what, it is fucking rampant. If you follow any fitness pages, just have a scroll and see what's in there. Is it people doing a bunch of complicated fucking exercises? Or is it somebody doing one exercise and it looks absolutely immaculate? Actually have a look. Scroll through your feed and see what you find. Let me know. So what you want to do, my advice to you, the listener on the, end, uh, on the other end of this podcast is this. Remember, taking one great exercise and putting it together with another great exercise won't make it greater. It won't make it greater either. What it will actually do is dilute the quality of it. Not just one exercise, but actually both of them. So you've got to stop hopping from one exercise to the next. You've got to quit blending multiple movements together. And instead, just do one exercise at a time and do it well. I can guarantee you, you will get stronger as a result. You will build more muscle. And it's because you're actually getting more out of every rep. It's not a matter of just trying to get in, get it done and get out. If you're doing a press, make it the best press it can be. Don't just do a set of 10 shitty reps. Do 10 awesome reps. Stop looking for ways to add more stuff. And by stuff, I mean complexity. Stop trying to be busy and just make yourself sweat and cram in as much work as possible. Do what's required. Follow what's on your program. But here's an idea. Do it better. And if you're sitting there on the other end saying, Jesse, I can't do it any better. I call bullshit. Everybody can improve their technique. Doesn't matter if you're a novice, you know, a new person starting out on your strength journey, a beginner, or if you've been training for 20 years, you can always improve some aspect of your technique. So that's my challenge to you. The next training session you have, think intently about what it is you're trying to do and what it is you want to accomplish. Because if you have better technique, you will get much better results. Do less stuff, but for God's sake, do it better. You owe it to yourself. If you loved the Wake Up Call, found it entertaining, or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.